The R&B Solutionist Thinking Podcast Series for the creative minds with a passion for possibility. Hosted by Bruce Whitfield. If your impressions of Stockfells as one of groups of people sitting under a tree clubbing together meager amounts of money to ensure a dignified burial at some point in the future or clubbing together bits of money to ensure that there's money for mealy meal at the end of the month, then you're living in a past that I'm sure in some parts of the country still exists. But the world of Stockfells, they're evolving at the pace of technology and it's leading to a sea change in how Stockfells operate. They're becoming quite complex savings vehicles for lots and lots of South Africans. Today's solutionist thinker took a look at the way things were being done and decided to turn it on its head. His name is Tsepo Molloy. He is the founder of Stockfella. It is estimated between 40 to 49 billion rand. If you look at that estimation, the past five years, the same estimation, which tells you that the industry is not growing as a stock fell. And if you include inflation on top of that, the industry is actually going backwards. Mm-hmm. I'm Bruce Whitfield and you are listening to Solutionist Thinking, brought to you by RMB. This concept of the Stockfell, this collective savings, traditional, close community trust nature of the Stockfell, I mean, that's still very much present in the ethos of Stockfell, surely. I mean, about 80% of South Africans are doing stockfills across all spectrum of the LSM, if you're still defining things in the LSM approach. So the ethos of stockfill has stayed with us since 19th centuries, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. You trust your neighbors, you trust your family members, and everybody trusts each other equally. And there is a, an open attitude in a small community of people, and community now is taking on lots of different meanings. But people, like-minded people getting together with a common purpose. With the common purpose, the common goals. And you trust your colleagues, right? And that common goal can be defined by the constitution of the stock fall. So when we come together, we decide what is that common goal, whether it is buying that mealy meal as you propose or saying, look, from a burial perspective, we'll bury each other. That is the common goal. But we've noticed the shift in common goals that stock falls actually starting to want more out of their funds. And this is about financial sector inclusion. It's been a debate that's been held in South Africa for much of the last 20 years. How do we get people included? And they came up with the Mzanzi accounts, <laughs> low-cost <laughs> bank accounts. I don't know if they still exist, but they certainly died an ignominious death in the public eye simply because people either don't trust the financial system in the way that I might, mm-hmm. um, or they don't believe that it gives them value for money. And it's a question of how do we do this in a more mm. accessible way? I guess you touched on a very important point the past 20 or even more years, financial inclusion. Perhaps that is the problem right there. The word inclusion, which if you look at it, is a defined object with certain rules. You so, come to my system and then play by my rules. My rules. Mm. And what if your system is broken? You know, so how about we turn it a bit and say financial expansion? Well, if you look at the word expansion, is about taking down the rules for you to create an object bigger so that you do things the way I see it. And I guess that's perhaps the challenge between financial inclusion and financial expansion. When we look at it, we look at how do we expand it? And if you want to expand something, you need to, to play by the person's rules, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got an engineering degree. You've got a finance degree. Yeah. What was your epiphany? What made you wake up one morning and say, I know I'm going to create a business that empowers Stockfells in a way that's never been done before? I guess it's that question of why did I fail in my own stock fail? You know, you start your own thing and you fail, you'd be like, okay, 
something is wrong here. You know, I mean, I, I like to believe I'm smart, <laughs> given all these degrees. So how come have I not succeeded where my mothers, my grandmothers have succeeded? What have they been doing right? Or the question is, are we doing something wrong as young generation? So that's perhaps where the ethos of it, of it started all, to say, okay, how do I make this thing better? You know, I could not administrate my stock for very well. Uh, tell me what I, went yeah. wrong in your stock, Phil. So, tell me this, the basis of it. Who was in it? Why did you set it up? What was the goal? Where so, did it go wrong? So I was still in the corporate role, and I wanted to start a stock of investment with a group of friends, guy friends. We, we were working together, and we said, okay, let's start that stock together. Um, now, being a smart person that I am, I pull out an Excel sheet, Knowing the numbers, putting numbers together and say, guys, if we did this on a monthly basis, we'll achieve our goals, right, with that objective. However, not everyone committed to that. Not everyone were paying on time. I needed to pick up the phone, remind people or email them or, you know, guys, do your basics, do your effort. Not forgetting that I also have a job myself. Now, I can't keep up with that. Now, given that those challenges and not being a strong, I guess, executive of the stock at that point in time, it just died a very painful death. Not say it was not successful. It was successful from a point of those who contributed, we saw the results. But it could have been more based on the estimation. Now, given that challenge, I said, you know, Am I the only one facing this challenge? You know, when I went back home to my own family stock file, I found that my own mother's facing the same challenge. The only difference between me and her is that she's persistent. <laughs> uh, again, and is in a different kind of community of people, who, yeah. uh, maybe a community of people who've lived together rather than people who work in different organizations, different professions, different levels of pressure, different expectations. It seems like a terribly good idea at 10 o'clock on a Friday night after a few beers yeah. on Monday morning <laughs> as the hangover wears off. You kind of go oh what did i commit to Two. yeah Ooh, that's a big ask i can't do two or three grand a month or whatever it might be and even if you wanted to just your daily activities just takes over sometimes as an individual and this is where the stockfiller tool comes in to say okay let us one take off the pressure from the executive two let us you as the member include you in the transparency and not being able to say, I don't know what's happening with my stock fall. Because one of the challenges that I found is that people would call me and say, how much is in the stock fall? I'll be like, okay, let me go pull out a bank statement, have to walk down to a branch, go into the branch, request a bank statement with my executive. So I need to make sure my executive is available the same time I'm available. So because there's a governance requirement that you can't be acting independently of the stock fell because otherwise that opens you up to fraud because you have to have the checks and balances. Yes, yes. Tell me about the app, because you've launched this app, which is designed then to take the administration of these stock fails into the 21st century. Yeah. So I looked at how a typical club account works. Then I looked at how a typical stock fail works. And then understanding the two differences and the pain points and just bringing them together. The concept of walking down to a branch and finding your executive just didn't make sense in the 21st century. Why should I have to make time to call a person so that we can meet together. So that's where the administration comes in to say, how can we simplify this thing? First of all, understanding that a stockfall is governed by three basic things. We put money in, we take money out, and we meet if and so often when we meet. So given those activities, that's where Stockfell is modeled based on those fundamentals to so say every time there's an activity of meeting or there's an activity of payment or there's an activity of a claim, Every member gets transparency. Now, based on that, then other tools get built on top of that. That allows the stockfall to better manage itself. Now, the app, how does it work? What is the basic functionality of it? 
It's quite simple. You can download it from an iOS or uh, your Android phone, or you can go to our .mobi site. And how it works is that you as an executive, right, you would start a stock file. So you go on the platform, say, I start a stock file. Once you've started a stock file, you invite your members. So you add them by adding their phone numbers. So it's a bit like creating a WhatsApp group. Like a WhatsApp group. And once you get that group going on, um, you've given us all the, the rules of your constitution, which we auto-populate for you. And then we run the mandate based on those the, those rules that you put in. And then each member gets a notification of anything that happens within the stock file. So they can get their own statement. They can get the group statement. They can see how much they owe. They can see who has paid. So it's got all those functionalities that I, as an executive, would need to do, but it's all automated on the system. There's an interesting element of peer pressure in there because in the same way as if you live in a community of 20 people and 20 people are members of the Stockfell and Mm. 19 pay every month and one doesn't, everybody in the community knows it. In the same way, in this app community, everybody knows who's not paying because they can check up on who's keeping the balances up. Definitely. And we didn't want to take away the ethos of Stockfell. Mm-hmm. We want us still to keep the ethos of Stockfell, however, introduce the digital side of it. You know, So how do we keep that culture going on? The last thing we wanted to do is take away that culture, but we wanted to enhance that culture. And I believe we've done that very well. There are so many numbers thrown about as to how much money is locked up within Stockfells, how much money sits in coffee tins, in Frisco mm-hmm. coffee tins on the top shelf in somebody's house, or in how Coca-Cola much money is <laughs> exactly, or stuck under a mattress. I mean, those are the traditional images mm-hmm. of the Stockfells. I saw a number attributed to you mm-hmm. um, of the 45 billion rand a year finds its way through Stockfells every year. Now, that's a guesstimate, I assume, because mm. there's no way of actually knowing. So it, it is estimated between 40 to 49 billion rand. You know, but if you look at that estimation, the past five years, the same estimation, which tells you that the industry is not growing as a Stockfell, if you want to think about it. And if you include inflation on top of that, the industry is actually going backwards. Mm-hmm. And, and that's perhaps where also our vision is thinking to say, we need to do more as an industry of stock files. We need to grow this. If we're still talking about a 45 billion rand industry five years from now, then we're not doing our job very well. Clearly, you embarked on solutionist thinking. You're taking an old school, a 200-year-old concept, and you're putting technology on top of it, and you're saying to people, trust me, (laughs) I have two university degrees, a nice smile, and an app. How much of a hard sell is it to groups of, of savers? Look, it, it has its challenges, uh, and I guess depending on which age group you go with, right? So what we've noticed is that you know the younger generations are easier to bite into the solution compared to the older generation. So our major focus is are you be the the younger generation with the belief that the younger generation will convince the older generation. In fact, that's how technology goes about, you know. So the ethos of them coming on board has been very interesting. So one come through affiliation, so they would have said, look, I'm joining. The this platform because we've been able to secure a big group. As an example, we were able to secure Brownstone Stockfile, which is the biggest group on our platform, 700 members. 700 members. Now, yeah. trying to manage that with a clipboard, <laughs> a pencil, a, and an Excel, a, sheet a, and an Excel spreadsheet um, would be a nightmare. But with us, they find it so easy. I mean, on a typical month, they clock about 60,000 rand, you know, so which is, which is great um, because each member pays roughly about 100 rand. So, so what, are, what is the target? What is the goal of this particular Stockfell? What is their plan? There's 700 members. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering there are about 800,000 Stockfells operating in South Africa mm-hmm. at any one time, mm. this is one example mm. of a large group of people with a collective view to do something great. 
You don't want to have to go to the annual general meeting <laughs> of those guys if there's yeah. a disagreement. But 700 people with a common goal. What is that goal? It's a simple common goal. Their common goal is to start a cooperative bank. That's their common goal, to say a cooperative bank that's equally owned by all members, basically. And that's why they've made it so affordable at 100 rand. And and to start the cooperative bank model, you need to start as a stockfall, move into a CFI, and then get to a cooperative bank. It's just the way forward. You need a minimum of 200 people and a minimum of 100,000 rand in terms of your assets. So that's their common goal. And I guess given that people want a piece of the financial industry, everyone has bought into their common goal, basically. And it is the ultimate, I suppose suppose, in disruption. We have a financial system that many people believe excludes them mm-hmm. um, simply because it's, it's hard to break into. There are lots of T's and C's. You, you need all kinds of regulations. Mm-hmm. How then do you regulate something like Stockfeller, which is dealing with public money? You have to surely be observing a whole series of quite intense regulation. Definitely. I mean, we ourselves are registered with FISCA. The Financial Sector Conduct Authority. There you go. You see, you I'm go. teaching you your business. I think you should come work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not with a sprain. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we registered with them in terms of having the ability to collect and distribute um, long-term and short-term deposit, uh, but however, on the mandate of the stock file. So that's the first thing that we assure people. And second of all, of course, because of that, we need to get insurance as a financial service provider within the, the business. So from that perspective, we are regulated. However, we also got to understand a bit of the law of, in terms of how to actually implement this from a digital perspective, how to do our FICA, how to get the uh, authority mandate from the stock file digitally. And understanding all those impacts, we build that into the system. So anytime someone creates a group or someone FICAs through us through the system, we tick those box basically. All of this comes with a cost attached, of course. You yeah. need to make a living. The um, stock fella, the app needs to make money. It's yeah. a business. Which then would put many traditional Stockfell members off this idea because the very reason that they mm. are in this informal environment is because it doesn't carry any costs. It doesn't carry any admin. It doesn't have any regulation as long as everybody does what they're supposed to in that community of people. But it carries security they, and risk. They can, they can do what they like, but they know each other. They trust each other. It's always worked this way. The hard sell for you now is to convince them that this mechanism is better even though – it might knock a couple of basis points off their income. The risk part is perhaps their biggest nightmare, the risk and the administration part, uh, more than anything else. That's what we found, especially the young generation stockfiles. We have made a couple of them. They've lost 100 to 200,000 rand purely by trusting the, the mm. old system of having a typical bank account where it says we require two people to, to transact. Now, the stockfiles got 10 people. Out of those two people can collude and go transact, and only two of them know that they've done the transaction. What about the rest of the eight? Now, you know? there's a ping that arrives uh, in your in your SMS inbox um, the moment there's a transaction on the account. On the account. On Stockfeller, there's a pin, there's an email. So there's every all those notifications that, that you would get. You might think we're quite expensive, but actually, even if you to go to the bank, you still get a cost. Mm. You know, so there's the cost of you putting your cash in, which is the most expensive part of it. If you choose not to do EFTs, those are the things that we send. We sort of educate our people to say we might come with a touch bit of a cost. However, our cost is worth the headaches and challenges that you're going through. Do you see yourself working in collaboration with the financial system alongside the financial system in competition? with the financial system? Look, we've always seen ourselves working alongside of them. Whether some of them see us as competition, it's their choice. But we see us as enablers. You know, for example, let's take a typical example. 
I'm a Stockfall member. Uh, my Stockfall's got a half a million rand sitting with Bank X. I walk to Bank X and say, look, I need a credit loan of 200,000. Bank X says you don't qualify because you're not credit health worthy. You don't have these certain documents. And yet I'm committed to my stock for I pay my stock for on a daily basis. Now, isn't that a, a misjoint? Is there an acceptance in the formal financial sector that the stock fail sector has got a role to play in bringing people through into the financial sector? It's a logical progression, but is the formal financial sector there yet? I don't believe so. If they did, then I think we've been far ahead. You know, if they saw it as perhaps as a cross-selling opportunity, maybe some of them do, but it is arguably a cross-selling opportunity. Now you understand this behavior of the stockfall. You know each and every single member, and now you can do a credit rating, a stockfall credit rating towards them, um, if you want to put it that way. So now you're starting to play a very important role in actually even if it's an informal sector, by bringing in the inf- the formal side of it from that perspective. However, you need to not include them, expand them. Mm. Expansion is what it's about. about. There is so much money that that it washes about in the South African economy that doesn't get included in the GDP numbers, that doesn't mm. get counted. And you just have to look around you and you look, we're growing at 1% a year. Surely not. Surely not. Surely um, not. There is this this informal sector which you're in the process of formalizing. What's mm. the biggest obstacle that gets thrown in your in your way on a daily basis? I guess the biggest obstacle is that we still new. We are new kid in the block. So trust is amongst the stockfellers. It is a mountain to climb. Do we trust one stockfeller? Do we trust Tebo? He's not going to disappear with our money. Even though you tick all the boxes, is you have to go through that process because South Africans build on trust. And the stockfell is a trust game. So it's a process where we go in one step at a time. And secondly is the regulation. At the end of the day, our biggest challenge has been the regulation. It took us about 10 months to actually tick the right boxes and get the regulators to understand what we are doing. First FinTech to do this this way, basically. Trust is the hardest thing to earn and the quickest and easiest thing to, to lose. <laughs> From a solution perspective, mm. what is the solution to gaining people's trust? What, what have you learned? What I've learned is that even though we're a fintech company, we're all about digital smart, we still need to have that face-to-face interaction. You know, people want to see you. Uh, Africans want to see you, want to see who's dealing with our money, basically. That's one thing I've learned is that as much as the world is moving digitally, which is great, um, somehow we still need to cross the physical and the digital world together. You know, and that's perhaps one of the things that we are learning as we go as Stockfeller to say, yes, we started at wanting to be 100% digital, but the more we go about it, we're scaling down to say, let us have relationship managers here and there so people can talk to someone and build a trust together. Building Trust, his name is Tsepo Molloy. His app is called Stockfella, S-T-O-K-F-E-L-L-A. Stockfella, mobile app, it helps Stockfell savings, investment societies in South Africa, manage payments, do savings, group activities, and taking a traditional vehicle, bringing it to the 21st century and expanding the horizons of Stockfell members in a way that the previous generations of Stockfell members could never have imagined possible. R&B, solutionist thinking. For more in this series, visit 702.co.za.